Welcome to the official podcast of the Mount Rubidoux Seventh-day Adventist Church. Thank you for joining us on our series, Found People, Find People. Our speaker for today is Mark S. Raphael Sr. He brings the message entitled, Cyclovergence. All right, so I just want to say this, and then we're going to have prayer. Um, I don't know how many of you guys go through health issues, go through any health issues, going through any health issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need to keep each other lifted up in prayer. You just never know what people are going through. Uh, and so I had uh, a health issue or, or a health scare. You know, when you get a health scare, you get a health focus. Someone say amen. When you get a health scare, you get a health focus, right? All of a sudden, there's no sodas, no sugar, no cake, no cookies, no cupcakes. I mean, you can focus, right? So <laughs> I, I went in and my blood pressure was 170 over 101. And that's, I understand that's not good. You know, the doctor was not happy. And so, you know, some of you know I struggle with that, my blood pressure. Some of it's DNA and some of it's uh, FOOD and, you know. <laughs> Jesus, help me. So I'm saying it now right in front of you because I've been working out. I've been trying to do some stuff for the last 24 hours. And so <laughs> it's a cycle. You know, we're talking about cyclovergence. It's like a cycle, right? Some of y'all, so I'm trying to get off that cycle. So I'm praying you'll help me to get, you'll pray for me to get off that cycle. Amen? All right. So our series is Found People, Find People. Or the series is Found. Found People, Find People. First Sabbath, Pastor Savori led out and preached on the lost coin, did an awesome job. Today we preach on the lost sheep. So our scripture, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles or scroll with me in your Bibles, is Luke 15. We'll read that and then we will have prayer. Luke 15, beginning at verse 1. When you have it, say amen. Oh, wow, some of y'all fast. Y'all scroll fast. Ah, okay, I'm a, I found it. Now, if I could see it. All right, all right. Luke 15, verse 1 says, Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, talking about Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me. For I found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Today we're preaching under the subject, cyclovergence. Cyclovergence, and we won't talk about it for for the first few minutes, but if you're wondering what it has to do with, it has to do, the the word itself, cyclorotation, Invergence eye movement, cyclorotation, invergence eye movement, uh, cyclovergence. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you will teach us through the parable of the lost sheep how found people can find people. We pray it in Jesus' name that the church say, Amen and Amen. Can we bless the Lord with our hands? Bless the Lord with our hands. Yes, hallelujah. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Now, this story, uh, in a nutshell, tells us that no matter what your background, no matter whether you fifth-generation Adventist, no matter you just came into church, no matter if you did, weren't raised as a Christian, no matter if you were an atheist and you gave your life to God, no matter what background, what demographic you come from and are in, you lost until Jesus finds you. That's, that's really what this is about, this scripture, this, this response that Jesus makes. It's saying you are lost unless Jesus finds you. Some of us think because we've stayed in the church the whole time that we never were lost. We all lost. Amen. Someone say amen. Y'all, even if you don't believe it, say amen. Amen. So, so we're all lost. And, and so why does Jesus make this point? Jesus makes this point because the Pharisees and the scribes complained about Jesus trying to reach a certain demographic. They, they were upset that Jesus was being welcoming to a certain demographic. Now, what was that demographic? That demographic was the LBGTQ. They, they didn't like Jesus welcoming, being welcoming to that group. It, it was the gangbangers. It was the ex-cons. It was the skinheads. It was the prostitutes. It was the bad politicians. It was the crackheads. It was the alcoholics. It was the speed users. It was the promiscuous adults. And dare I say it, promiscuous teens. It was the Donald Trumps. People were complaining because Jesus was being welcoming to this group of people. And so Jesus made the point. Now, if someone had confronted me like this, I would have preached them a sermon. Got my Bible out, you know, okay, now, you know, in 1 John. But Jesus tells a story that's full, full, full of teachable moments, and we're going to look at three of those today. How many? Three. Now, you know, pastors have a different way of counting than the normal person. But right now, it's three. Someone say three. Now, when it comes to shepherds and sheep, the Pharisees and scribes had it all wrong. You see, they thought that they were the shepherd. They, they had it all wrong. They thought that they were the shepherd. But the reality was they were the sheep. And, and they thought that they were the sheep, but because they thought they were somehow close to what was right. They thought they were close to what was good. But they didn't realize that, 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 it, wasn't that they, it wasn't their vantage point. It wasn't their vantage point that made them valuable. It was the fact that God created them that made them valuable. So they were basing it on their vantage point, and that made them feel like they were something. They were in church. They were in Sabbath school. They were in AY when they, when they used to have that. <laughs> they, they, they were all in Wednesday night prayer meeting. Not going to go there. They, they thought their vantage point, them being close to the church, close to God, meant that they had more value than those who were further from God in their eyesight. And so the first teachable moment is that 
We are, first of all, not the shepherd. Tell somebody, I'm not the shepherd. <laughs> and neither are you. You know, they were smiling like, yeah, you ain't, but I am. No, no, no. Now, 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 do me, can you do me a favor? Can you tell the pastors you're not the shepherd? And neither are you. But we are not the shepherd. When we look at this story, don't put yourself in the place of the shepherd. Don't put the church in the place of the shepherd. Don't put the Adventist church in the place of the shepherd. Sheep I have <laughs> who are not of this fold. <laughs> you know, we got sheep, but they're not of this fold. <laughs> but when we, Jesus calls, we're going to bring him in <laughs> to the fold. Imagine a sheep telling a sheep that. So the first teachable moment, we are not shepherds. We are the sheep. Now, to find lost sheep, you've got to know or remember what it is to be a sheep. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10, and we'll look at verse 4. John chapter 10, and we'll look at verse 4. And when you find it, say amen. All right. I didn't hear as many amens there, so I'm going to beat you to it today. All right, John 10 and verse 4 says, when he has brought, I'm sorry, I'll make sure I'm in John 10, I say 4. Okay, sorry, that one, that must not have been it. Okay, when he has brought out all his own, talking about the shepherd, he goes ahead of them, goes out, ahead of them, and the sheep do what? Follow him because they know his what? His voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him. Why? Because they do not know the voice of strangers. So, so, so sheep have very discerning and acute hearing. And if they hear a voice, but it's not the voice of the shepherd, they're not coming. They're not what? They're not coming. Because it's not the voice of the shepherd. Can you watch this video with me and just see a description or an example of that? One more time.
So the second teachable moment that we need to embrace is that sheep are drawn by the shepherd's voice. Sheep are drawn by the shepherd's voice. And so the sheep could tell who the shepherd was and who the shepherd was not. They were all making some noise. Words were, or sounds were coming out of all their mouths, but only one of them did they listen to. I don't know if you noticed, they were just like, when the rest of them, when those fake shepherds, they were just eating. And as soon as he started, they just looked up. I don't know if you saw, they just, they just stood at attention. They didn't move right away, so they something like us, you know, they move right away. (laughs) They said, you talking to me? (laughs) I hear you. So it is so critical for us to make sure that we're speaking with the voice of the shepherd. We can't speak with our voice. We've got to speak with the voice of the shepherd. We can't come with our truth. We got to come with the truth of the shepherd. We can't come with our gospel. We got to come with God's gospel. We can't come with our news. We got to come up with the good news. That's what's going to bring lost sheep, period. You know what's kind of funny? The one girl... The second test object, she got up there. She started laughing before she even got up. And she like, I know this ain't going to work. <laughs> she just started laughing, you know, because she knew that was, it was senseless. She had already seen another girl fail. Right? So, so, so the test objects could not get the sheep to respond. It's because they were crying out to the sheep, but not with the voice of the shepherd. So let's imagine that those test objects were us and the sheep were lost members. You want to know what the first test object said? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And the sheep did not come. The second test object, I I, I, kind of can imagine really what that would be like if it was us and we're looking for lost members. Don't eat pork or shrimp. Don't wear jewelry. Don't go to the movies. But the sheep didn't come. And, and, and then I imagine a third, a third object said, I got this. I got this. I know just exactly what to do. Do whatever you want. Believe whatever you want. But the sheep, even then, didn't come. Because the sheep will only come when it hears the voice of Jesus calling. The sheep will only come when it hears Jesus say, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When the shepherd says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. When the shepherd calls and and he says, if the son shall set you free. Then you shall be free indeed. When the shepherd says, 
where are those thine accusers? Neither do I condemn thee. Go, go and sin no more. When the shepherd says, my blood, this is my blood of the New Testament that is shed for you for the remission of sins, or in another way, my blood is my promise that I have saved you. That's when the sheep will come. And when that shepherd says, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. I came to to save all those in that demographic that you are so uncomfortable with. I came to save every last one of them. And guess what? I even came to save you. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like, Paul, I'm worst of sinners. Chief of sinners, he said. So when we cry out, remember the Sabbath day, the sheep will not come. When we cry out, stop eating pork and shrimp, the sheep will not come. When we cry out, take off your jewelry, extend the hem of your garment, don't go to movies, stop your sexual immorality, the sheep won't come. By the same token, when we cry out, do whatever you want, believe whatever you want, the sheep will not come. Because what we need to know about sheep is that sheep's ears are not created to focus on what you and I have to say about behavior and lifestyle. But the sheep's ears were created to hear, uh, to hear and to focus on what you and I have to say about Jesus. These ears were made for Jesus' voice. Not my voice, not your voice, not the voice of any pastor, not the voice of any denomination. That's why and how God did it. Now, so if we're going to get lost sheep, we're going to have to cry out the gospel, the good news. But I want to share something with you. For us to stay in an unlost condition, we need to hear the good news. We can't just keep running. We can't just keep running, giving people the gospel. We need to refresh our own minds in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to get in the Word. We need to be studying. We need to be praying. We need to know God for ourselves. We need to, to, to make sure that we're sitting under leadership that preaches the gospel when we try to do that here. You need to make sure you're in a Sabbath school class that's preaching the gospel when we try to do that here. You need to make sure, maybe you need to get a podcast of somebody who's preaching the gospel. Maybe you need to get a book so you can hear more about the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's what wins the sheep. That's what brings the sinner. All sheep need the good news. So making sure lost sheep hear the voice of Jesus will help us to catch lost sheep. The last characteristic that we need to focus on is that sheep have phenomenal vision. Let's see this video. Look closely at this slow motion sequence of a sheep pitching its head up and down you will see that the pupils in its eyes are slits. And if you look really closely, you'll see that the slits stay nearly parallel to the ground as the sheep rotates its head. This is a remarkable ability, and it's certainly something that we, as humans, cannot do. That is cycloversions. Now let's, let's break it down. So first of all, sheep have an awesome position of their pupils. We're going to imagine this is a pupil. So this pupil is going in what direction? Vertically, right? So this is what a cat's pupil is like. Come on, just imagine a cat in your mind right now. 
And this is the direction that his pupil goes. But the sheep's pupil is not like this. Now, 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 if you've got an eye that works like this, you can see things above and you can see things very good below. Because when light comes in, that's how that flows. But a sheep has a pupil that goes in this direction. Can we play that again? Look closely at this slow motion sequence of a sheep pitching its head up and down. You will see that the pupils in its eyes are slits. Can you pause right there? Really closely. Do you see that? Do you see the pupil is sideways? It's horizontal. So what that does is it helps the sheep to be able to see in front of it a long way. It helps it to see right down the middle area, and it helps it to see far behind it. In fact, a sheep, a sheep could, let me use this sheep. A sheep could see me even if I was standing here or standing here. A sheep can see 310 degrees. That's how awesome God made sheep. When we think about God calling us his sheep, we get like depressed. We think of that old, that old dumb animal. Well, you know we are dumb. You know, we oh, we are dumb. God created sheep in an incredible way so that they can see in front of them, they can see on the side of them, and they can see be, be, behind them. They don't need to worry about no eagle coming from above. See, then they would need to have a pupil that goes up and down. They need to be able to see in front of them, on side of them, and in the back of them. They have incredible vision. That's what we need to understand. Now, if you can see this, can you see something behind here, this section? Can you see something behind there, right? You can see something through here. Now, now just kind of pay attention to what you can see, just what's in here. Now, what got cut out? So this is your pupil, your sheep. This is what you can see. Now, focus on what's in there. What got cut out? Did something get cut out? I don't know what you can see behind you. Hopefully you can see something. Something got cut out, right? Something got cut out. That's why God gave the sheep these kinds of eyes. So that it could see things from left to right, front and back. Now, we're going to talk about, well, how does sheep still get caught? We'll talk about that. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm trying to be ahead of you on that. We're like, well, they sure is dumb if they got them kind of eyes. I'm telling you. Okay, if I had them kind of eyes, I would never get caught. You know, right? So, so this is what happens. Now, if we'll go back to the video. They nearly parallel to the ground as the sheep rotates its head. This is a remarkable ability. Pause there. And it's certainly... Pause there. Do you notice his head is up and his pupil is going horizontal? His head is up and his pupil is going horizontal. Can we now go to the end of that and start it back up? 
Look closely at this slow motion sequence of a sheep pitching its head up and down. You will see that the pupils in its eyes are slits. And if you look really closely... Did you notice when his head was up, it was horizontal. When his head was down, it was horizontal. Now, he already had great vision when his head was up. But now he's grazing. Now he's eating. Now he's taking care of life's business and life's issues. Now he's going to school. Now he's going to work. Now he's raising a family. But guess what? The enemy doesn't stop praying on him just because he's got a graze. So what God did is he gave him something called cyclovergence. So that what is happening is when his head is going down, his right eye is rotating counterclockwise. And when his head is down, his left eye is rotating clockwise. The eye is rotating within its sockets while the sheep is moving his head up and down. So he's moving his head up and down. But instead of this happening, his Eyes stay like this so they continue to be able to be on the ground. They continue to be able to see in front of him, behind them, and on the side of him because God has given him cyclovergence. Now, why do sheep in this life need cyclovergence? Why do we need cyclovergence? Because a lot of times, let's keep it real. Can we see us? That's the me. Right? So when our heads are down and we're taking care of our life, it's the pupils going up and down now. The head is down because it don't got cyclovergence, right? It's not using a cyclovergence. So the eye pupil did not rotate in the socket. So all we see is me. And this is why sheep get lost in the church community is because a lot of us are not using cyclovergence. We're just looking out for me. I'm going through right now. I'm in debt right now. I got to pay these bills right now. I got to get me a man right now. (laughs) I'm trying to graduate from single ministry to married ministry. (laughs) I got my ministry, and it ain't singles ministry. I was destined for a married ministry. I got my studies that I've got to focus on right now. But see, the problem is when we're not able to see, not able to use our cyclovergence, this is what we miss. This is what we miss. Now this is not in our eyesight. This is not in our view anymore. We don't see the enemy coming. So that that loan you got, you didn't see it was predatory. That guy you got, you didn't see he was the enemy. That girl, she was the one. But you couldn't see she was the enemy. You got, we, Jesus said, watch and pray. 
lest you enter into temptation. Peter said, be sober, be vigilant. For the adversary of the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Jesus said, I send you forth as sheep among wolves. We've got to keep our eye open. We got to use our our our, our cyclovergence, even though we're going through, even though we got to take care of life. We've got to use our cyclovergence. We got to keep our eyes on everything that's going on around us. There's a story, uh, well, uh, it's a true story. Some of you may know this person, C.E. Dudley. You know Dudley? Elder Dudley. So Elder Dudley tells a story. He told it at Rubido when it was on, I think, 34th. Were we on 34th at one time? And my wife and I visited, and he talked about how he gave his life to the Lord. And he was kind of new. He went into the Army. And while he was there in the Army, uh, he would come to, to mess hall. You know, that's where they eat. And he would be ready to eat. But you know what he'd do before he ate? He'd pray. And the folks around him didn't really like him, you know, being Christian and trying to be all pious, they thought. So every time he closed his eye to pray, they would take his food and eat it. So his first reaction, he said, was to, you know, introduce him to both his hands. But, but because he was giving his life to Jesus, he was a lost sheep, and he given his life to Jesus, he realized, you know, that's probably not the best thing to do and be a witness. So he went into the Word. This happened a lot of times, and he figured that he'd pray that they stopped taking his food. And they kept praying he'd stop taking his food, but guess what? Every time he'd pray, they'd take his food. So he prayed about it, got in the Word about it, and then the next time he went to mess hall, um, when he went to pray, he kept his eyes open. And so he was, dear God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this food. I bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. And started eating. Now, you know those folk got really upset with him because they're like, wait a minute, this isn't working. They said, what kind of Christian are you? you well, where in the Bible does it say that you can bow your head, you know, have prayer, and then you don't have to close your eyes? He says, Jesus said, watch and pray. So I was watching and praying at the same time. Guess what, saints? You and I got to watch and pray at the same time. We've got to watch and pray. There is an enemy all around us. Can I tell you another story? It's in the Bible. It's uh, Gideon. Cyclovergence. Gideon has too many people in his army, right? So God says, we got to get rid of a few. You remember the story? And so he said, take them to the water to drink. And he says, those who lap up the water like a dog, right? Lap up the water like a dog. He says, send them home. He said, but those who pick the water up and put it to their mouth, you keep those. <laughs> Cyclovergence. <laughs> They really didn't have cyclovergence, but they were making it so they could kind of have some kind of cyclovergence. So even while they were taking care of their business, they were still able to keep their eye on their enemy. Now, what does that have to do with lost sheep? Well, first of all, if we're going to be trying to find lost sheep, we can't be getting lost ourselves. And you tell me a health issue won't take you out. (laughs) 
a couple weeks, well, about a couple months ago, but I wasn't quite as present as I used to be. Um, I had a health crisis. And I was good the first two or three hours of my pain. <laughs> Bless you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, glory. <laughs> the, 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 those who follow Christ shall be persecuted. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I was good the first couple, two, three hours of it. But when it started rolling in the fourth hour, the fifth hour, I was like, what did Job's wife tell Job? Now, anyone, I mean, come on, let's just have an honest, transparent moment. You ever been there? You ever kind of was thinking, hmm, so Mrs. Job, you know, she wasn't, hmm, I kind of understand at the very least. When we are focused only on ourselves, then our pain and our suffering is only about us and not what God is trying to bring through that. Sometimes we're so focused on our situation that, that we get lost in the church. And we come to church, but the smile's not on our face. Or the smile's on our face, but it's painted on our face. So we got to watch and pray so that doesn't happen. But the next thing we have to do is God has given a cyclovergence so that word on the right, we are recognizing there are sheep around us who are struggling and who are suffering. And if it's all about me, we don't see them. And they're all, in fact, in this audience, some people. They're going through things, and you and I have no idea. No idea. If our musicians can come to play. We have no idea what people are going through. Just do me a big favor. Just, just look around you. Just look around you. Just look. Just look around. See all these people? Just take another moment. Look behind you, in front of you. Look up in the balcony. Balcony, look down here. So, somebody probably that you saw here may be a lost sheep. You see, it's not the vantage point. It's not the position that you're in that determines whether you're lost or not. Whether that you're struggling with your faith. You can be right here in church and struggling with your faith. You can be right here in church and be depressed out of your mind. You can be right in this church and be thinking, is God real and does God care? And should I even serve him after today? So you got lost sheep out there and, and, and we certainly want to reach those. But you got lost sheep in here. And if we don't do better at finding the lost sheep in the church, then we're always going to have an open door. And I can tell you something that's helping us and is going to help us is groups. This isn't a group sermon, but let me tell you, one of the things that's going to help us is groups. Because you're not alone when you're going through something. Somebody can be there to help you. You ever had somebody help you in, in church? Just raise your hand. You ever had somebody help you while you were in church and help you through something that you were going through that was tough? That was painful. You ready to lose your mind and give up, but you held on. Cyclovergence. I'm so thankful that Jesus had cyclovergence. When, when, when the crowd came, and they're gathering around him. And his disciples are there. And, and they're coming for Jesus. Jesus knows that. But, but, but he also knows they could come for these disciples. You know what Jesus said? Because he had cyclovergence. 
He said, let these, you came for me, let these go. Jesus had cyclovirgins. When Jesus is on the cross and, and he's in pain and, and he's being tortured and, 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 and while he could have just focused on himself, he saw a thief. He must have used his cyclovirgins, his, 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 his horizontal eye, and, and he saw a thief on the cross. And he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus had cyclovirgins. And then he's on the cross and, and, and he's in pain and he's breathing his last breath and, 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 and he sees his mother and she's weeping. And he says, woman, behold your son. Talking to his best friend. And he told his best friend, behold your mother. He's going through, but he still has his eyes on somebody else and somebody else's situation. He's in pain, but he still cares about someone else's pain. He's feeling lost and forsaken, but he's still holding on for somebody else. And then now, this is it. This is it. He, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then he's on this cross and he, this is it. It's darkness and he can't see God. He can't touch God, but he, he's on this cross, but he still sees God with this cyclovergence. He says, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Cyclovergence. The ability to be going through, but still see God. The ability to be going through, but still see somebody else's situation. Somebody else's pain. Yeah, you don't have enough money to pay your bills. But Sister Jones lost her husband. Yes, your child is acting a fool and seems to need your full focus. But you know that Brother Jones, Brother Jones is fighting cancer. So yeah, you going through, but you got to be able to go through and help somebody else through at the same time. That's what groups is. That's what family should be. That's what God's calling us to. We pray that this message has been a blessing to you so much so that you would be willing to share it as a witness. As always, thank you again for joining us and tune in weekly for more inspirational messages that will prayerfully give you a more intimate relationship with God.